Blog Talk Radio. It's Saturday, October 1st, 2016, and you're tuned in to another edition of The Misty Show. We're your premier source for fun and informative pet topics. And guess what else? It is our first, not our first annual, it's our first October Pet Spectacular episode for 2016. And as you've also noticed, we're on at the extra creepy time of 10 p.m. guess it could have been creepier had we gone on on midnight, but I'm kind of sleepy, so I don't think that was going to work out. So, yeah. So we're on at the special time of 10 p.m. Um, I kind of wish I had some ghost special effects. That would be pretty cool right now. But since I don't, I'll spare you my crappy ghost impression. Um, I'm your host, Jay, and not back with me yet is my lovely co-host, Dee. Um, just got off the phone with Dee about maybe um, 10 minutes ago. Um, up until then, I thought maybe she was still going to be able to do the show. But she's still caught up in a lot of um, her work stuff, and they're having some computer issues and stuff. So she's kind of, you know, got a lot going on, and, and she's sort of stressed. She would much rather be here with us, but, you know, she has to get that stuff straight. So I was hoping that by October coming, she'd have the worst of that behind her. But hopefully, I think they are getting to the end of that. So I'm not quite sure whether she will be joining us for tomorrow morning's episode, but I'll get into that a little more in just a second. Um, So I hope you guys are ready to be a bit scared and weirded out and just don't feel bad because I'll be weirded out with you. I'm going on this journey with you. I'm on here by myself. Uh, luckily, I'm not the only one still up, so I think I'll be okay in that regard, at least for a while. Okay, um, tonight's topic is crop circles and animal mutations. Who's responsible? Not animal mutations. I'm thinking about um, probably last week's episode. Animal mutilations. Who's responsible? So please pull out your cozy blankets, cut off the lights, and break out some popcorn. And let me take you on a journey into the bazaar. Sorry, my spooky voice isn't that spooky, but hey, need to vent some price sound effect too. Um, but before I do that, um, I have to make one small detour to the land of pet trivia and fall topics. Just wanted to remind everyone that um, I'll be back on the air in 12 hours for our special fall Missy Show episode. So be sure to join me for that one. That's going to be at 10 a.m. Now, keep in mind on this one, we're not going to be talking about animal topics. I mean, it's cool if animals come up, but this one's pretty much fall-related. So we're going to be talking about fall food, fall shopping, just all things fall, you know, uh, recipes, boots, all that kind of good stuff. So I'm really hoping that Dee can join me tomorrow because I know she really wanted to do that one, and it was originally scheduled for last week. So that's going to be at 10 a.m. tomorrow, our special fall episode. Okay, so now that we have talked about that, I also want to give you the answer to yesterday's pet trivia question. And though this isn't creepy at all, it is slightly bizarre. It's a, it's a weird, weird question. Okay, uh, the question is, what animal pees on its hands so that it can wash its feet? 
So whatever this animal is, it pees on its hands, and then it uses that pee to wash its feet. Um, and the answer is the capuchin monkey. Uh, now, the source that I got the trivia question from, which was off of MSN, they had some other animal uh, trivia questions. They didn't state why the capuchin monkey does this. So I was trying to find out what that reason might be. Um, but all I could come up with on some of the sites I was seeing was that they basically kind of wash their whole bodies in pee, and they sort of use that to attract a mate. So I don't know if they just choose to start off with their feet first, and that's why they got that trivia question. But, um, yeah, pretty pretty bizarre. But capuchin monkeys, they kind of bathe in their own pee, and so to speak, uh, whatever, take a wash off in it. So, yeah, that was weird. Um if you like this wacky trivia question, you can always check out more on our blog page at she'satorty.blogspot.com. And most of our trivia posts are put out on Fridays, so you can always check those out. The only thing by checking the blog, if you want to look at our past trivia questions, we don't have the answers on the blog because we always give the answers out on the show. But you can still look at the uh, questions and then you can like listen to that show for the corresponding answer because it's, it's always given out at the beginning. Um, if you'd like to join in tonight's conversation, you can hit me up at 347-838-8313 or listen later in the archives at blogtalkradio.com forward slash she's a tortie. Links from information used in tonight's episode can be found after the show on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash missy.show44 or on our Twitter page at twitter.com forward slash missyshow. Okay, now on to crop circles and animal mutilations. Who's doing it? Who's behind it? Um, And because we have two topics rolled into one, in case I don't get to talk about um, one of them is much in depth or, or, you know, both of them. What I'm thinking about doing is having a makeup episode either on the 28th or the 30th since we already have a show topic scheduled for the 29th. On the 29th, it, the 29th show is already sort of like an anything goes sort of deal, but, one, but we're also going to be talking about the Mandela effect. So it would be possible that I guess I could put whichever topic I don't get to tonight, I could put that on to that one. But I may just devote up to a separate episode. I'm thinking I'll just leave the 29th as is because it's any any scary topic plus the Mandela effect. So I'm thinking just I'll, I'll probably do a show on the 30th, just give you guys um, a pre-Halloween episode. So I'm going to kind of focus more on the animal mutilations on this. I do have time. I'll go ahead and get into the crop circles, but if I don't get into it, we'll just cover that on the show on the 30th. Um, So we'll just do like a pre-Halloween thing, especially since we only have three October Pet Spectacular episodes scheduled for this this time around. Okay. So um, for those of you who don't know, let me just explain what animal mutilation is, which I think most of us can kind of decipher that just by, you know, the way it sounds because I think most people know what mutilation is. But let me just give you um, Wikipedia's definition. And sorry about it um, necessarily just being Wikipedia. I've looked at several different sources, but this one's just, you know, easier and just clearer. Um, 
cattle mutilation, which is also known as bovine excision and unexplained livestock death, is the killing and mutilation of cattle under unusual, usually bloodless and anomalous circumstances. Worldwide, sheep, horses, goats, pigs, rabbits, cats, dogs, bison, deer, and elk have been reported mutilated with similar bloodless excisions, often an eye, let's see, ear, jaw flesh, tongue, lymph nodes, genitals, and rectum are removed. Um, So basically it doesn't just have to be cattle. I think that's the most famous one that you may hear about is like cattle and horses, but it can actually be um, any number of animals. Um, One of the earliest um, documented cases of this was actually in 1606 in London, but a more um, more modern and I won't say well-known, but I I think this one was one that kind of, you know, was a bit more on the map more so than that one. Um, This was one in 1967, um, and it was the mutilation of Snippy. Well, actually, the um, horse's name is Lady but I think they were mistakenly um, calling her Snippy, and Snippy was actually her sire. But anyway, Agnes King and her son Harry found the dead body of their three-year-old horse, Lady. Lady's head and neck had been skinned and defleshed, and the body displayed cuts that to King looked very precise. No blood was at the scene, according to Harry, and a strong medicinal odor was in the air. A subsequent investigation concluded there were no unearthly causes of the death. Um, early press coverage of the case misnamed Lady as Snippy. Snippy was Lady Sire and belonged to Nellie's husband, Burl Lewis. Um, so that was kind of one of the earlier cases that I guess is documented that more people, you know, may know of more so than the 1606 field back in London. Um, I wanted to share with you guys some of the characteristics and the hallmarks of um these mutilations. Um, in most cases, uh, the mutilation wounds appear to be clean and carried out surgically. Mutilated animals are usually, though not always, reported to have been drained of blood and have no sign of blood in the immediate area or around their wounds. So that that's really weird because for the um, people out there who feel like it is some type of predator that got them, just some other type of animal, you would just think that, that if this was caused by some other animal's teeth or something, there's there's going to be blood. There's going to be blood splattered. There's going to be blood in the dirt surrounding the, the victim animal of this, but it's like there's just bloodless and there's no blood around them, no blood on them or anything, and a lot of times no blood in their body. Um, George E. Onet, a doctor of veterinarian, veterinary microbiology and cattle mutilation investigator, claims that mutilated cattle are avoided by large scavengers such as coyotes, wolves, foxes, dogs, skunks, badgers, and bobcats for several days after its death. Similarly, domestic animals are also reported to be visibly agitated and fearful of the carcass. Now, that's interesting, too, that you have this animal, this dead animal just sort of lying out there and um, these scavenger animals that would normally just sort of, you know, get on uh, the deceased animal and get, just start eating it or whatever, they are typically avoiding it. Like, like there's something about that carcass that either, that either 
they're afraid of or, or they just want no part of it. So these coyotes and wolves are just not having anything to do with that. So that's kind of interesting. Um, and here here's some percentages as far as what's kind of taken from the animals. Um, mutilation of the eye occurs in 59% of cases. Mutilation of the tongue in 42% of cases. Um, the genitals in 85% of the cases and the rectum in 76% of the cases. So in a lot of the cases, they're, t- they're taking the animal's genitals and, and rectum, which is, all of it is just very bizarre anyway. Just, and I've looked at some of the pictures online, and it's, it's really creepy. It's really freaky. Um, and I guess I should have given a warning at the beginning of the show. Sorry that we're like um, some minutes in here now, probably already about 13 minutes in. But I think I've posted this one under PG-13. Um, of course, I'm, I don't think uh, anything that I'll be posting will have pictures. I don't think. But just be careful. I'll, I'll be putting that on the our social media pages, which is the subject matter within the show, you know, just in case if, if you have any kids or something, you may not want them to listen to this. But I mean, it's not, not anything like super-duper bad. Well, it is bad for the animals. But um, it, it, it can be... Um, just disturbing. So for that reason, I didn't just, you know, put it under the normal rating that the, that our shows typically have. Um, what else did I want to say here? Um, they also say that some of the mutilations are said to occur in very brief periods. Um, two ranchers tagged a specific cow, then continued tagging other animals in the same pasture. The ranchers were at the most about 300 yards from the calf, Less than an hour later, the first calf was discovered completely eviscerated. Most muscle and all internal organs were missing. There was no blood, entrails, or apparent disturbance at the scene. Independent analysts both uncovered marks on the calf's remains consistent with two types of tools, a large machete-type blade and and smaller, more delicate scissors. So that just happened in a very brief period of time. So it's, it's just like... It just makes you wonder what could just really be going on with this. Um, and then also there is an absence of tracks or prints around the site of a mutilated carcass, and um, that's often considered a hallmark of cattle mutilation. Um, let's see, there was something else that was interesting here regarding this. Um, this one was really weird to me. Um, in one case documented by New Mexico police and the FBI, an 11-month-old cross Hereford Charolais bull belonging to Mr. Manuel Gomez of Dolce, New Mexico, was found mutilated on March 24, 1978. It displayed classic mutilation signs, including the removal of the rectum, and sex organs with what appeared to be a sharp and precise instrument, and its internal organs were found to be inconsistent with a normal case of death followed by predation. This was the part that I thought was just super weird, even weirder than what I just read. Both the liver and the heart were white and mushy. Both organs had the texture and consistency of peanut butter. Here's my thing. What would turn someone's heart or liver the consistency of peanut butter? Because even if you want to say there are predators doing stuff like this and, and this is the positive, 
that wouldn't explain why why this animal's heart and liver were that consistency. What what is really going on? What was happening? Um, they said the animal's heart as well as bone and muscle samples were sent to the Los Alamos Scientific Laboratory for microscopic and bacteriological studies, while samples from the animal's liver were sent to two separate private laboratories. Los Alamos detects the presence of naturally occurring Clostridium bacteria in the heart, but was one, but was unable to reach any conclusions because of the possibility that the bacteria represented postmortem contamination. They did not directly investigate the heart's unusual color or texture. It's so crazy. Um, samples from the animal's liver were found to be completely devoid of copper and to contain four times the normal levels of zinc, potassium, and phosphorus. The scientists performing the analysis were unable to explain these anomalies. And then blood samples taken at the scene um, were reported to be light pink in color and did not clot after several days. So now with this one, maybe there was some blood at the scene um, based on what they're saying. While the animal's hide was found to be unusually brittle for a fresh death, the animal was estimated to have been dead for five hours and the flesh underneath was found to be discolored. Um, so that that's just really strange for, for them to try to come up with just a normal reason, um, which the government got involved in, and they start to kind of conducting their own investigation. They got the FBI involved in it um, because I think so many people were being concerned about this. Um, but they basically, I think it, the final report of that, was like 297 pages long, and they said it cost approximately $45,000. And it concluded that mutilations were predominantly the result of natural predation, meaning just natural predators, you know, got a hold of the animal. Um, but that some contained anomalies that could not be accounted for by conventional wisdom. Um, I'm going to go over here to some of the causes that they are saying causes the uh, mutilation. Um, they say while many unconventional explanations have been put forward to explain cattle mutilations, a variety of scientists, veterinary workers, and knowledgeable observers, including farmers and other agricultural workers, have suggested more conventional ideas, most of which revolve around the hypothesis that mutilated animals died of natural causes and were subjected to known terrestrial phenomena, including the action of predators, parasites, and scavengers. Okay, this this is kind of the part where my BS meter went up as I was reading this, but I'll see what you guys think. You know, it's up to your own personal interpretation. But um, here's how they explain missing or mutilated mouth, lips, anus, and genitalia. Um, they said it could be... It could have been the contraction of missing or damaged areas due to dehydration. Then they also said the actions of small scavengers and burrowing parasites seeking to enter or consume the body in areas where skin is at its thinnest. Okay, now here's their explanation for missing mutilated eyes and soft internal organs. The action of carrion feeding insects such as blowflies and opportunistic or carrying birds such as vultures, which are known to direct themselves toward an animal's eyes and to enter the body through the openings of the mouth and anus in order to feed on soft internal organs. 
and I could I could maybe buy that that the vultures above something might pick the eyes out, but still that's not explaining heart and liver like the consistency of peanut butter. It's not explaining those precise incisions and and things like that. They even have an explanation for that. They said that surgical incisions in the skin that now they're explained as um, okay tears in the skin created when it is stretched by postmortem bloats and or dehydration causes the animal's hide to shrink and split, often in linear cuts. Incisions caused by scavengers or predators, possibly exacerbated by the above. So that's their explanation as to how the precise-looking cuts get there. Now, the absence of blood, okay, they even have an explanation for that. They said that blood pooling in the lowest points of the body where it will break down into its basic organic components. Um, they also said blood that is external to the body or in the area of the wound being consumed by insects or reduced by solar desiccation. I don't know. My, my BS meter just went up. When, the, the minute I started reading their explanations, it just and, – and I'm not trying to jump over to the extreme opposite where I, I'm saying that I believe aliens are doing it. You know, I, I, I try to keep an open mind so I don't exactly know what's going on. But to just say that, oh, it's, it was just a predator or it was just this or it's just the bloating of the body after they died or whatever, I just don't – it's just too much of that going on, and I don't think that all of that is just by – can just be explained away by um, natural causes. You know, my, my BS meter goes up strong on that. Um, now, they did say that they, they did experiments um, to compare the different reactions of surgically cut hide and flesh and um, predated hide and flesh to natural exposure. Um, They demonstrated pronounced differences between surgical cut and non-surgical cuts over time. Um, Let's see. Then, of course, now here's the thing, and I understand that some of this does fall under the the category of animal cruelty because you do have um, sociopaths and psychopaths out there who like to torture animals. So some of this could be due to that. But I'm thinking that the average person, because um, I was reading that even for somebody who's a doctor, you know, a lot of times some of these incisions, they're just so precise looking that someone who's been practicing medicine for a long time couldn't necessarily properly, you know, pull these off and, and just make them look the way they do. So I'm just thinking that even if you have a sociopath or something, yes, they can cut other animals and do all this and that, but just to think that they're just going to have surgical precision, just a lay person, I just don't buy that, you know. Um, but, yes, of course, you do have the in that you have you have the incident of just deviant people who are just you know they just go around and and they want to abuse animals um, or mistreat animals so of course that could be some of it but and but these situations also like we're just finding animals and it's like all the skin has been completely removed from the skull and technically the animal hasn't even been dead all that long and it's just like almost like the skin was never there I don't know if I just buy that. I, I do know insects come around and this and that, and they can begin eating away, but I don't know if they would just clean it as clean as a whistle like that. There are just some things that just don't hold up for me in their explanation. Um, another big thing was cults. They were talking about um, 
you know, back here in like the 80s, there was in probably like the mid to late 70s, there was this big craze where people were freaking out because they were thinking that there were these cult members going around and they were the ones doing it. Um, they felt like the apparent absence of blood at mutilation sites might indicate cult members harvest the blood. I'm still thinking that if you've got human beings doing this, even if there was a way that they could harvest the blood, they're going to drop some blood. So for these sites to usually just be bloodless and there there aren't even drops of blood near or around the animal or in the dirt, I'm kind of thinking, no, once again, that's just not just a normal occurrence or just something that a human being does. It almost does sound like something extra-dimensional, whether you believe in aliens or just, just something from another dimension either way, it, and like they're doing some type of experimentation on the animals because someone theory out there that it, it's like because they're getting the digestive parts of the animal and the reproductive parts, it, it's like they're, they're actually trying to, you know, they wanted to see how the animals were affected. I guess, you know, um, by the things in their environment with the things that they took into their body and with their reproductive system and things like that. So that's why they were taking those certain parts like that. Um, also, they were saying as far as the cults that organs um, have been removed from the cattle for use in rituals. So that's why certain organs might be gone. Um, also, they were saying that unborn calves have been harvested from mutilated cattle. Um so people were kind of like freaking out with this in the 70s and 80s, and um, you had some people kind of put out some books about it um, regarding uh, cults and things like that. And once again, that could also be part of it because some people were seeing some people in shrouded hoods, shrouded in black and this and that um, near one of the sites where the animals were mutilated. So, you know, here I'm not here to say that some of it wasn't cults, some of it wasn't um you know, just psycho people out there doing things like that, just wanting to torture animals. But um, that does not account for just a lot of the weirdness and, and things going on because if it's a human being doing it, you know, um, you would think there there would be blood spilled. You know, even even if you're an expert killer, I'm not saying, unfortunately, we live in a world that, where that is a possibility if you're a sociopath or something like that. But I think still it would be hard for you to not spill any blood or have any blood be around the area. So that's why it's just the explanations that um, the government was coming up with. I'm, I don't just totally buy that. And then, of course, you have people who feel like that it's the government themselves who are doing it, like they're doing some type of military or government experiments on the animals themselves. Um, and there were uh, sightings of black helicopters at, at times in, in certain areas. So um, you, you just have a lot of speculation out there. there there's a lot of interesting information out there about animal mutilation. Like I said, uh, as far as the pictures, it can be kind of gruesome. So if you don't have a strong stomach, you might not want to look at those pictures. You know, just be careful about your image search. But, I mean, if you want to know more about it, it's really it's really fascinating. And um, like I said, I'm not saying that I'm a proponent of uh, aliens. I've, I've never really believed in that, but, you know, you just do have some people who have some compelling stories and people who actually have claimed to see UFOs, and, and you do have some people who claim that they've seen UFOs, you know, near the area where some of their cattle um, or livestock, you know, was mutilated, you know, so you have those just like with the crop circles, you have that too. 
which in this episode, um, I don't think that I'm, well, I know with just like less than two and a half minutes, I'm not going to have time to get to that. But like I said, I will probably just push that one to a makeup episode probably the night before Halloween or the day before Halloween that Sunday. We'll just do that episode, and, and Dee should be back out there with me. And on that one, we'll discuss the crop circles, but we'll also talk about any other scary topic that we want to discuss. Um, be sure to join me next weekend. We're going to be talking about um, not creepy animal stories. We already did that, but it's still it's the same effect. We're doing um, macabre animal stories, so it's still creepy animal stories. So we have to fit the animals in there somewhere. So that's um, next week's episode. For right now, we are still scheduled to go on at 5 p.m. at our normal time. Could push that to 10. It does make it a little more creepy to have it at nighttime. But um, right now, it's settled for 5 p.m. And then after that one, we will take a hiatus and we won't be back until October 29th. And that's the one that will be um, any scary topic. Plus, we'll also be discussing the Mandela effect. That's really, really fascinating. Um, that one, the Mandela effect has nothing to do with animals, but this, this is just, it's just fascinating. I, I won't give that away. And on the 30th, um, probably that Sunday, or I might do it that Friday um, on the 29th, um, we may we may actually, you know, um, do this one with the crop circle. Well, we will do it either way, but I'll let you guys know whether it will be the, um, the 28th is what I meant to say, the 28th or the 30th. I, I'll do it either that Friday before the one on the 29th, or I'll do it probably the day um, before Halloween. So we'll have a makeup episode, and hopefully next hopefully next week um, Dee will be back with us. But I wanted to thank you guys for tuning in to our first October Pet Spectacular episode for 2016, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. And join me tomorrow in less than 12 hours. We'll be discussing fall topics. Have a great night, guys. Bye.